Hey guys, we are the Around the League podcast. I'm Ethan, and I'm here with Trey and Avery, still no Caleb. Uh, and we're coming to you from just outside Atlanta. So I think we're just going to start off talking about um, some sports headlines. Um, so for all you baseball fans, if you're if you're a Dodgers fan, you're going to have to deal with Angel Hernandez. If you're a uh, Braves fan, you're going to get Joe West. So Hopefully there won't be anything too egregious this postseason, but it's happened before. Um, so we're just going to dive right in. Um, the Marlins won another postseason series, which sounds weird. Um, but, I mean, they hadn't been in since, what, like 2003? And they are now 7-0 and in postseason series, which is crazy to think about. But they've been to the postseason twice before. They went to the World Series and won it both times. So it's crazy to think about the Marlins with how little success they've had, yet they are undefeated in the postseason in their franchise's history. And they're going to be looking to continue that against the Braves. And we'll, we'll touch on that series a little bit later. But And it's pretty interesting because they came into the league, I think, a little bit before the Rays, but mm-hmm. around the same time, and that they have two World Series. Um, so, I mean, I guess technically they've been – the same time as the Rockies, wasn't it? Yeah. I, 93? I think so, yeah. So, I mean, if you really think about it, it that's uh, – a it's a, I wouldn't call it successful, but they're certainly a very lucky organization when For they get sure. to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If you look at postseason success, like in terms of getting there, it's been horrible. I mean, three postseason trips. <laughs> 25 in, years. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not very good, but you consider their actual postseason success itself. That's I incredibly mean, impressive. Almost a World Series win every decade. It's not terrible. It's not bad. Um, so make the fans a little happy going more than once every ten years. <laughs> yeah, you guys will yeah. make all of the 650 Miami Marlins fans happy. So, but the Marlins man's having a good time right now. I mean, yeah, well, actually, he probably isn't. He's like he because he wants to be yeah, there. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Derek Jeter's probably living it up right now. <laughs> so, yeah. every, right. everybody hated him. It, I mean, like he's oh, actually not done that bad. I mean, he did get some very good young talent. It looked. Really, really bad trading away Giancarlo, Santin, Yelich, and Azuna. And Real Muto. And Justin Bohr was, was good there that last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, they have a – they're a scary little team. I mean, in, in a three-game series, I was not – I mean, I'm not surprised at all that they won the series. I mean, they had they had some young, young studs. I mean, they reminded me of the Braves, like the 2018 season, how they mm-hmm. just stung and got in the playoffs. They eliminated first round. But again, because they played the Dodgers, but they yeah. got they got Starling Marte in the middle of the year too. I think that was a big acquisition for them. And that was surprising because people weren't sure because I think they were around five hundred, and it was yeah. like, are they going to sell? Are they going to buy? He um, gave a jolt to that team for sure. I mean, that's a veteran presence too, which is what they needed. Oh yeah, they didn't. Re- they really didn't have one. Well, they they had Jonathan VR. He's only only. 30, 31. Mm. And then they, but, I mean, is that going to be your big veteran presence to carry? No, 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 no. Like the Braves have Freddie Freeman, right. who's their guy. And I mean, they've got some other veterans in there, but. But I mean, even, the big even at the beginning of the season, people are like, we're kind of applauding them for picking on VR. It was then, a good move, though. And then that first baseman that was from the Brewers, I can't remember his Aguilar. name. Aguilar. Aguilar. He had like a great 2017 first half, and then mm-hmm. his bat turned to sand. But he's he did good this he's year. done good this year, um, and they were both on very cheap deals. I don't yeah. know if they can bring them back. 
And their pitching but, has been surprisingly yes, good, Yes, all the young pitching, um, Alcatara Lopez. and Sixto San- and Lopez. I love Lopez. Lopez had a good year. And they've got five or six really good relievers. The rest of them we won't talk about, but they have they have some good pitching. Um, and they're certainly a, a fun team to watch, which is not what you would expect to say. It's going to be an interesting series, ago. though, against the Braves. Um, and the season series, of course, they're both in the NL East. The Braves won the season series 6-4. to four. Um, and of course, they had that one game where they put up 29 on the Marlins. That, <laughs> that was, was fun. That was hilarious. So we'll but, see how the series goes. It'll definitely be an interesting one. So uh, yeah, that like killed the Miami Marlins uh, run differential. I think they were like, I don't remember what it was, but it was like in in one day they were like they went down to like negative 15 or something, mm-hmm. and then they had a pretty bad week. And it was like, all right. This is not the playoff team. Yeah. Someone's going to replace them. And then they kind of pulled it together and everybody else fell apart and they're here and they won a playoff series. So, yeah, see, I'm, they, they could upset the Braves. Wouldn't be 100% shocked. They, it's a five game series. Anything, again, can happen in a five game series. If they were to make it to the CS, they would not win because a seven game series against the Dodgers or Padres, I believe they would <laughs> oh, get, yeah. get stopped eating up. Maybe they could win one or two, but. That's It'll different. Be, that's I mean, you, you've got to root for them, but at some point their luck has to mm-hmm. has to turn. I mean, if they were in any other thing, I'd be rooting for them. I'm not going to root for them since the Braves. And yeah. Like, yeah. That's our team. But, you know, I'm a little scared. Uh, I, I always get that little motto is, like, they got nothing to lose because they're the second-place team. We're the first-place team, so we should take care of them. But, yeah. That's that's always scary so. going in against a team or any – any in any sporting event, it's never good to go in against an opponent with nothing to lose. Exactly. That's See, those are the those are the scariest people to face is when they have nothing to lose. They're just going in to give it all they got and see what happens. It's never good. It's always dangerous. That, that's why there's going to be there's going to be upsets because I mean every every division is playing. You got the Yankees and the Rays playing in the AL East, Astros A's. That's the AL West. And then you got Braves, Marlins. It's NL East, and then you got the. Um, Padres and Dodgers in the NL how about, West. How about the Central? I want to point this out. There were seven Central teams, four NL and three AL that were in the playoffs, and none of them won their series. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the NL too. Like, is even worse. How do you have four teams from a division go into a playoff and none of them advance out of the first round? Like, that is insane. Yeah, and I thought that was hilarious. I'm stunned at that. But <laughs> there's going to be upsets because again, the Padres team has nothing to lose, and it's a very scary team. And especially if they get Clevenger back. It's going to be over. The I think it's kind of flipped for the Yankees and Rays. I think the Rays are the team that has nothing to lose, even though they're the one seed. Mm-hmm. And then okay. I, I definitely agree with that. And Astros, too, because the Astros are kind of in that whatever, oh, I want to prove everyone wrong that we didn't cheat. I mean, they're up 1-0 now because we're, we're filming after this game was already played. They're that up ball, 1-0 in this The ball was flying out of that yes. ballpark. Mm-hmm. But it, Correa's comment was stupid. He was like, what, what are they going to say now? Like, I mean, well, you're, they below, still cheated. you're below I mean, 500. Half your team had pretty terrible offensive seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you beat the Twins. Wait till you get a little bit further before you start saying, what are you going to say now? Like, that's just asking for so much. <laughs> and plus, it's a five-game series. You won one game. You still got three more, you know, two more games to win. And even, you know, they did cheat, but they still have a very talented team. And mm-hmm. just all the rookie and the young pitching and how um, the Astros pitching coach, I forget his name, is just able to just replace guys like uh, Garrett Cole and Verlander like so quickly with these young guys is unbelievably 
impressive because at the beginning of this year, Astros fans were like really upset because they had all these rookie pitchers in, and now they're like, okay, I'm kind of okay with this because they're all really good. McCullers is still yeah, there. McCullers. Before we go back to like the predicting of the playoffs real here, I just want to go back to the, the wild card. I want to talk about two teams and the Reds and the Twins. They're really disappointed, like disappointing. <laughs> and the Reds didn't disappoint Scoring me. No runs. It's disappointing. The Reds Wait, went. The they Reds high went, on their offense, though. Yeah, the Reds went, and they were not. The Reds are not a team that has a good offense, but you cannot go into a postseason series, score in twenty-two innings. First one went thirteen innings, the next one went nine, and scored no runs. <laughs> they well, broke the record for yeah. the longest start to a postseason without scoring a run. But didn't they have like? 11, 12 hits, and the Braves had like five hits. And yeah. the Braves hey, it doesn't matter. They couldn't put any across. See, and there, I mean, there's three innings. Like, I swear, like back to like nine, tenth, and eleventh. Like, they had bases loaded less than two outs. Yeah. Or couldn't second put, and couldn't third. put away. I mean, I have nail biting games. I'm sitting there on the TV, like sitting there, like praying, like another run doesn't go across. But like that, they, they can, it's not necessary. The Braves didn't play good either. I mean, offensively, the Braves did not play good at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, like the yeah, I mean, last the, three innings of yeah, game two. I mean, the first game, I get you're going against, you're going against Bauer. But you had freed out there too, and it was even matchup. And then you're going in so extras, you cannot get anything across. And you just had a lucky 13th inning. I'm glad we got the win. So I walked away. The next game, nobody scored until the sixth inning, I believe. And we get back to back two run homers in like the eighth, bottom of the eighth, up one out. So then it goes five out. But realistically, the Braves don't have a good series, and they're not going to get through the Marlins as they go like that. The Marlins have too good of an offense to get through that. I feel like we're going to be a little more confident against the Marlins, though, mm-hmm. because we had a lot of success against them during yeah. the season, especially offensively. I mean, like I said earlier, Putting up 29 runs against any team is impressive, and that's going to help your confidence oh, yeah. and your ego going in against them. So I definitely feel like that's going to play a factor as well. And then the Marlins' Twitter was so funny after that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whoever whoever runs their Twitter is is pretty funny person. Mm-hmm. They were like they were pretty funny. And then the Twins, ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. what are the 18 straight postseason games? <laughs> yeah, 18 straight postseason games. I think the last time they won, I was like. Maybe one, maybe two. Like it, it, it was very early two thousands. That was ridiculous. Like I don't even know what to say. Eighteen straight. Well, we might be nice. It's eighteen, nineteen, seventeen around there. I don't know exactly. I think it's eighteen. That's ridiculous. And, and this isn't like you losing. I mean, losing eighteen playoff series would be terrible. But at least you're probably getting a couple wins in there. Like yeah, like an eighteen game losing streak in a regular season is terrible. How do you do this in the playoffs? Like. It's the same thing. Swept six straight series. Like, <laughs> like, how how can you it's be like three weeks in the regular season without a win? How That's can you be a Minnesota Twins fan and like get excited in October? They're scary. They're a scary team. I mean, yeah, they they make it to the ALD, the, the ALDS, ALCS. They're a scary team. They scary. They're just like the Braves. They don't have although the, they're not the pitching that's gonna scare you, but their offenses, their bats didn't Ooh. show up quite as much as they did last year. The, yeah. the the homers weren't nearly there, but Nelson Cruz, uh, I I wouldn't him to get a playoff win. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't see him going anywhere. He's too good. Yeah, but we'll see. So, but yeah, um, I guess we'll go predict the postseason series real quick, and we'll just kind of go through them real quick. Um, I guess we'll start with Marlins Braves. I have the Braves getting through in four. I don't think the Marlins are going to hold up against the Braves offense and the Braves confidence going through. So. Yeah, that's all I'm really I was actually going to say the exact same thing, Braves and four. Um, I'm kind of interested to see how the pitching holds up. I will say Freed and Anderson looked amazing um, in the series against the Reds, so hopefully that will carry over. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how Kyle Wright does. 
Um, the bullpen looked awesome. They got in a little trouble multiple times in game one, but they managed to work out of it. And I feel like our offense, we started to find a rhythm there late against Cincinnati. And plus seeing Miami pitching 10 times this year is going to help. So I definitely think the Braves offense is going to be better than they were against the Reds. I have the Braves in four as well. What you say, Nathan? Uh, I don't have a game count. I guess four is pretty good. But but yeah, the, the Braves are going to win this this series. Sorry, Marlins. And in the Marlins, seven, uh, seven straight series wins. Yeah. All right, we'll go Astros A's. The Astros are already up 1-0. Just put that out there. But I'm actually going to stick with the A's. I actually think my prediction is Astros go up 2-0 and A's win three straight games. The A's proved to me that they can win a postseason series after a two, uh, comeback from the White Sox down 1-0. So I'll stick with the fire. I think the Astros get a little cocky going up 2-0 in my belief. And the A's go out The Astros cocky? Yeah. What? <laughs> they I'm, never. I'm going Stros and five on this one. Astros and five. I think I think the A's are going to pull this out. Um, I, I think they're gonna they're gonna get this win here, and um, the Astros are gonna, gonna go home. No one wants to see the Astros. No one wants to see the Astros. Uh, all right. Uh, so now we we'll go Yankees and Rays. Um, the Yankees are actually playing right now. It is one of Yankees. Bottom one, one, bottom of the first. Garrett Cole's specialty, solo homers. Exactly. So I'm – this is going to be a fun series. I'm actually going to lean Yankees in five. I just – the way the Yankees came out and played in that wild card series Mm -hmm. kind of turned it. So I'm – I think Yankees in five. Sorry, Ethan, raising five for me. On paper, this this Yankees team is – the best team, uh, but obviously the Rays killed them in the um, the uh, series this year. Uh, I think the Yankees won like two, maybe three. Uh, it was pretty bad, but uh, these teams, uh, I would probably say out of all the teams, now I haven't seen much, I haven't seen the drama between the Padres and Dodgers, so there, there may be a lot there. And Obviously, the, the Astros and the A's definitely don't like each other, mm-hmm. but uh, the Red Sox, or I'm sorry, the Rays and the Yankees have definitely had beef this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been multiple uh, hit batsmen. There's been a lot of uh, cuss words that you have heard over um, over the broadcast. Um, and I just remember that the uh, the Astros A's did have that brawl. I think that was early in the year. Early in the year. So uh, they've definitely got some beef, but um, the Yankees should win this win this series. Um, I I think it should be closer. Uh, than the whole rate or the I'm sorry the Indians thing. Although the Indians put up a really good fight in that last game, mm-hmm. but um, they they should be good games. All right. So the series I'm looking forward to the most is Padres Dodgers. I am gonna go on a limb. And I'm gonna pick the Padres upsetting the Dodgers in five. Going Dodgers in four. So I'm going Padres in five. The bullpen's gonna show up. The offense showed up already. They're they're gonna shove. Uh, and the Padres are going to upset the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are going to be like, what can we do? Assemble yeah, the best team in baseball. Yeah, I think that'll lead to a fun series. And oh, yeah. Braves and Padres are very high offensive series, and a seven-game mm-hmm. series would be a very watch series, I believe. The uh, so. the average age, age between those two teams will be like 23. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be pretty fun. Ridiculous. And so that is up to the postseason. Come back to it again probably next week because that's when the CS will be starting because it's no off days. So, it'll be a fun week. Be a fun, fun week. All right, so we're going to transition to the NFL here, and we've got some pretty good 
um, headlines here, most notably and most recently. Happening today. Bob finally got the axe. Bill O'Brien is out. Uh, should have happened a long time happened ago. A long time ago. Honestly, he never should have had the title of general manager as well. Absolutely He not. wasn't the worst coach in the league, but his GM moves were horrendous. Of course, everyone knows that DeAndre Hopkins trade for David Johnson. I mean, that was just absolutely terrible. I mean, you've got a young quarterback in Deshaun Watson that you're trying to build a franchise around, and you essentially give away his best weapon, one of the top three receivers in the league for David Johnson, who has – he had what one good year in like 2018, and he's I think it been was 2016, 2016 or 2017. Was, was like a long time ago. Either way, I mean, one good season, and he's been iffy at best since then. And you give up a top three receiver in the league and your young quarterback's best target, and they try to replace him with Brandon Cooks, which not, not nothing against Brandon Cooks, but he's not DeAndre Hopkins by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, he's just made bad move after bad move. So just and a defensive cornerstone with JJ Watt too, unable to build around him. I've got they had they had that one real good defensive year and then it just Mm -hmm. fell off. But I've got a list of all their trades. And if you just look at the list of the players they got, you're thinking, okay, well, maybe finessed a couple of guys. These are some pretty good players. Uh, but then you when you look at the guys they gave up, it's just like Mm -hmm. what the hell? All right, so they got Laramie Tunsil, David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills. And uh, Jacob Martin and Mingo, and they got a second, third, three fourths, and a sixth. But they lost probably the best, if not number two, uh, wide receiver in the league, DeAndre Hopkins, Clowney, Davenport, and Badamosi, and then two firsts, two seconds, and a fourth. And this year, they're zero and four, and their first and second round picks belong to the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And it is just, yeah, I will oh say God. this is. The Texans are 0-4, but um, I could see them still making the playoffs. I'm not they are still, them out. They are still uh, the best team that's not won. I don't know. I don't think they will, but I could see a turnaround. Like, I don't see I see them going still a little over 500, 500. But I think they can turn around. They have a good quarterback. They've had a hard schedule. The, this Sunday, true. they should not have lost. But I Romeo Cornell is going to be the new head coach, too, for the rest of the so, year. So we'll see how he does. But yeah, that's that's interesting down there in Houston. I am Houston was definitely, I believe, going into the season a Super Bowl contender. But I mean that is that is defeating like you going 0 and four and then you don't have a first or second round draft pick. Yeah. Like, I mean that they're gonna have to make some big moves in the offseason if they want to get anything around Watson for next year. Mm-hmm. Every time they made a big move though, it's backfired. So we'll see. Uh maybe we'll get some some new luck. Um, also need to touch on the NFC East. This division is absolutely a like garbage can fire right now. I mean, you've got the Eagles who are one, two, and one, and they are in sole possession of first place in that division. I will say people look at Dallas. They're kind of looking down on them right now. I will say they've had a gauntlet of a schedule to open up the season. I mean, they, they haven't had it easy at all now. Granted, they do have. They are one of the more talented teams in the league. They shouldn't be one and three. Should have lost that Falcons game too. But again, we don't talk about that much here, being Falcons fans. But I mean, it's not a good division at all. And to think that the New York Giants and the Washington Football Team are like even remotely close 
to being in first place four weeks into the season is insane. I mean, Dak Prescott threw for over 500 yards. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this is not the first time that you see Dak just trying to carry this team and it not working. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of expecting a cultural change with Mike McCarthy coming in, too. He knows how to win. I was hoping. um, I I don't think Dak's staying. I I wouldn't. This is his last year. I believe this is last year because I'm still watching – Stephen A. Smith show, and they're still just random down. I mean, I, I don't care if you're losing. If you're throwing five yards for five touchdowns. It's like Matt Ryan on the Falcons. Like, yeah. everybody puts it on the quarterback, but it's not Dak's fault. I mean, like, I, I, don't, defense I don't think that Dak Prescott is among these these elites like Patrick Mahomes and um, Aaron Rodgers and everybody, but just people treat him like he's been Baker Mayfield over he's his career. He's a top half quarterback and, and he, for sure. he has been yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he – he started out. I mean, he was like he was a fourth round. He was pick. a fourth round pick. Out of Mississippi, he State. comes in after after an injury, and then he just pretty sure it was an injury, and then he just he just shows Cowboys Nation like I can be a starting quarterback, and they try to build around him, and it works for a year, and then it just since then. Mm-hmm. So he deserves. They're. I mean, they were talking like he's around the Carson Wentz money range. I don't believe that. I believe. He again is nowhere near Mahomes level. Lamar, no. I mean, I don't even know. I don't know. Lamar is not having a really good year, but like I don't think he's a top ten quarterback. I believe he's sitting eight, nine, ten around there. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. agree with that. Deserves sure. good money, but like he he's his upside outweighs the cons. He he's asking for a shit ton of money, which I don't blame him because he's a player and you've got to ask for a shit ton of money. But like you have to recognize that this guy is is really good at football, and just the fact that he gets like shit on every game is just stupid. I would love to see him go to a team like the Jets or somebody like that. I believe or New Orleans is going to. I mean, they're saying they're going to roll with Taysom mm-hmm. Hill, but are they going to roll with Taysom Hill? Yeah, like so, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't we'll see so. a team like that. I mean, Carolina. That's a good opening, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bridgewater. I like Bridgewater. Yeah. I mean, like, but we'll see how he does. There's there's a few teams that I mean, he could go and. Make a lot of money and be built around. I believe the Jets be a great one. Start building. I mean, the Jets ain't going over at Sam Darnold. That's for sure. Yeah, if if they don't pick up his option, I'm pretty sure this year he's he's gone. He's gonna so, walk. Someone said they wanted. I forget who it was. I think it was Juju said he wanted to see Sam Darnold in Pittsburgh. I would love to see Sam Darnold in Pittsburgh. And I mean, Ben's got how many years? I mean, he's got a. Ben Ben's got a lot of miles on him. He's having a decent year. Right. Juju said that because they played in college together. Right. But yeah, yes. Ben Ben is having a decent year, which is all I really wanted because mm-hmm. last year they were shit at quarterback. Uh, but yeah, I mean Sam Darnold was still insanely young, and he's not mind having. They would build him. around him around him in Pittsburgh. Absolutely. I mean, in New York, they've given him nothing. Yeah, I mean, they were like, I now, mean, they, they tried. I wasn't um, high on Darnold to begin with. I don't think he's going to be the superior talent that everybody thought he was. But he could be decent if you got some weapons around him. The problem is they don't have anything around him. I mean, they've got like what Jamison Crowder, Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore. It's like yeah, Frank Gore's being better than Le'Veon's last couple of years. It's just like what like they've done nothing to help him. They've put nothing around him. They tried with Le'Veon, but obviously that wasn't the smartest. I mean, yeah, it's just like um, Sam Darnold is the same age as uh, Joe Burrow and uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, so yeah, if, if you're a team with an old quarterback and, and, and Sam Darnold walks free agency, absolutely pick him up. 
For sure. Um, Maybe even Tampa Bay, give him a year under Brady. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Let Brady mentor a guy for a year and then bring him in. I mean, Tampa Bay's got a lot of offensive weapons too. Mm-hmm. So even even yeah. Brady's kind of a two-year rental player kind of thing. And, and mm-hmm. speaking of Tampa Bay, I mean, they, they were down and people were like, you're about to lose, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they would have been two and two at that point. It would have made Bucks fans very nervous. You know, they they were hyping them up. This is a 13 and three, 12 and 14. We'll mm-hmm. see about that. But I mean, they had a really nice comeback win. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady threw five touchdowns, yep. and not to put down Justin Herbert, he had Herbert a ter- awesome. terrific game. I think he was twenty-one to twenty-five. So he was range. really good, and he had like three hundred yards. Herbert's got some upside. He's got a big arm. I'll admit, I wasn't too high on him coming into this year, but he's he's shown flashes that he could be a very very good player. He has not disappointed me whatsoever. Not at all. Like I mean, they were like five minutes before the start a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, you're gonna play. Mm-hmm. And then he goes out and throws 300 yards. So yeah. if you can do that in the National Football League, you're going to win some ball games. Big blow for the Bucks, though. They did just lose OJ Howard, like yeah. for the year with the Achilles. That's rough. I wonder if they're going to try to. They've still them. got some good. I mean, Cameron Brait flies so yes. under the radar under Cameron Gronk Bray. and OJ Howard. Absolutely, mm-hmm. good. Cameron Brait good ball. I, I just wonder if Gronk's going to be like, "Hey, yeah, I want you to throw me the ball sometime." Yeah, thank you. Well, he set himself as a blocking tight end. I mean, I, I think yeah. he's just trying to cover that up. I mean, I, I don't know if he actually thought he was going to be a blocking tight end when he took that contract. I know. But. How about Scotty Miller, though? Yeah. For Tampa Bay. I mean, he's balled out this year so far. Brady said he really liked him. Yeah, he reminds me of Edelman. Yes. Yeah. Definitely similar. I want to point uh, Joe Burrow getting his first win, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's against Jacksonville, but he looked good. I watched part of the game. Minshew looked pretty good that game, Minshew too. Minshew did, too. Yeah. But so Minshew has been good in every game except the week I started him in fantasy. So thank you, Gardner. I feel Appreciate I feel it. bad for him. I mean, everyone's, say, everyone's motto in Jacksonville this year is tank for Trevor and all that stuff. Everyone's overlooking Minshew. He is so underrated. Oh, yeah. He's a very good quarterback, and he's got virtually nothing around him. He's doing his thing. Uh Totally underrated. You're absolutely right. Um, I mean, he's got nothing around him, and he's still putting up. I mean, he numbers. was a I mean, joke. Torque's okay. He, he was like, I don't, I don't remember what the what the joke was last year, but there was like a phrase. It was Minshew mania. Minshew mania. Yeah, like like it was like, oh my god, wow, okay. He looks What's like next? he came off a barstool or something. Yeah, like it just people did not expect him. Well, first of all, people were absolutely saying he was a one year wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'll admit, I wasn't even that high on him because. I think he kind of overperformed his stats a little bit, but he's gone out and done it again this year. They might lose nice. Absolutely. Um, the Bills proved me wrong a little too. They're the only 4 0 team at the mm-hmm. moment. KC is playing right now. Josh Allen's playing amazing. Josh Allen looks good. Now they've had an easy schedule, but I mean, Josh Allen too. I mean, they, what, they played the, the Raiders? I mean, the Raiders are not a. They played the Rams too. Rams are having a good year. Yeah, so right. Yeah, I'm looking at the Rams. Rams are three and one. That's not that's a not a pushover team. Mm-mm. Colin Cowherd had one of his very few good takes that I heard the other day, <laughs> and he said Josh Allen reminds him very much of a young uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Now he said the exact same thing about Baker Mayfield, so let's not dive into that too much. Nah, but Baker ain't a Ben Roethlisberger type at all. It's still Josh Allen makes sense. It's still a nice compliment for sure. And like I said, a young team too. That defense is one of the better defenses. They're young. They got a good young offense. They just brought in Stephon Diggs. Yeah, that, that's a team with a lot of upside. See, see, I'll get on the John Ross. I'll move. get on the Bill mm-hmm. Bill Mania Bills Mafia thing. They got two hard weeks. We come back here in two weeks and they're sitting five and one six and zero 
after playing the Titans and the Chiefs. That Chiefs game is going to be they're, fun. They're for real. They're it, for real. And speaking of the Titans, uh, nobody really knows what's going to happen because with the Marlins and the Cardinals, they had to take more than a week off for sure. Uh, I think they had a total of 18 positive so far. Uh, they didn't have any new cases today, but that doesn't mean that they won't have any new cases tomorrow or the next day. Um, so we'll have to see how they work that out. So we, we aren't really sure what the NFL is going to do because what happens if um, you use up your bye week but you're still sick or if a bunch of your players get COVID twice in the season? Uh, did, I assume that they – I mean, they had six months to prepare for this. So I, I would better hope they had a plan, but um, are they just going to go off winning percentage? I don't think that's the worst idea. Um, uh, do you want to add a couple weeks to the regular regular season? Uh, maybe, um, but that obviously has problems as well. Um, and people are saying they don't want their teams to go like to play like 13 straight weeks or 14 straight weeks or whatever it is. Um, and but that's not actually unprecedented because the Tampa Bay Bucks Buccaneers they played I think it was 15 or 16 straight weeks a couple of years ago because they were playing uh, Miami and there was a hurricane they canceled the game or pushed it back to the bye week or whatever so they had to play the whole season no buys but obviously injuries are a concern uh, the primary goal of the NFL should be pr to protect the players not only from COVID but certainly from over exerting themselves and getting injured. Mm -hmm. um, but they're trying to crack down the players. This is the same thing that happened in the MLB. The first couple of weeks, everybody does what they said to do. And then after that, they're kind of ignoring the rules yeah. a little bit. And I think in the NFL, it started out looser anyway. I'm pretty sure they, they could go back home and go to restaurants and do whatever they wanted. Yeah, um, I mean, it probably is annoying. I mean, you have to think like the restrictions. Oh, like, I mean, the NBA players, I feel bad. I mean, these guys have been sitting – what two months now, and you still there's the finals going around. They've been sitting in a little bubble in Orlando. For That's what they did in the NHL too. They had them all in a bubble. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I cannot sit in a little room for two and a half months in depression. I mean, I'm sure some of the players going through like that, and they're just like it's a little bit better when know. they're paying you millions. Oh, but yeah, 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 it's it's. I'm sure that they hired a uh, I will mental say that health. They, they get a little leeway. I mean, they're not just stuck in their rooms. I mean, they they have like a piece of land i think it is yeah. that they i mean you saw players fishing and everything in the nba bubble so i mean they have places to go mm -hmm. but they just can't leave the bubble yeah but just move to college football all right what a big week of college football it was oklahoma goes down again it's back-to-back -back losses for them they're not out of the rankings texas goes down they drop down to 22 and oklahoma and texas play each other this week in the red river rivalry game and the hype for that game has gone down exponentially. I mean, in the beginning of the season, it was what? Like num Oklahoma was – were they three or four? I think they were four. And Texas was ranked number nine or not – I think nine last week. So it was like number four versus number nine, and now it's like Texas number 22 and Oklahoma's unranked. Like Texas – all Texas teams have disappointed this year. Mm -hmm. I don't even think a single Texas team has a winning record. I think you're right. I mean, it's and TCU is the one that knocked off Texas, so mm -hmm. it may be. But um, definitely a big week in college football. And, of course, we had a top 10 showdown, number four Georgia, number seven Auburn. Georgia defeated Auburn like it was nothing, 26-7 to – or 27-6, to I'm sorry, reverse those. Um, I was actually at that game. It was a lot of fun. 
with Georgia being up 24 to three at the half. No one really saw that coming, but Stetson Bennett looked good. He had another good week. Um, I'm interested to see if he'll keep his job. Georgia's got a very, very, very difficult schedule coming up. Um, they play number 12, Tennessee, Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, and Florida. I believe in that order. That is a, and people were complaining about that game because they wanted them to score another 27 points or 24 yeah. points. But, like, if you're already up by that much and Bo Nix still looks terrible, even though they yeah. told us that he was improved, he was going to be this mm-hmm. next nice thing, uh, he still looks terrible. Uh, I wouldn't like, say terrible. He's improved a little. I guess. It's still but not ideal. No. But, like, um, just you, if you're already up, by several touchdowns, like don't show them all your cards. Yeah, and I will admit a big point in that game too is Auburn's starting safety. Essentially, their one of their best defensive players, Smoke Monday, was actually ejected very early on for a targeting call. That was a yeah. huge call. And um, it they, was the shoulder to shoulder, right? No, it was, he lowered the head right on a punt, and um, that was definitely a big loss for them. Um, their starting running back, or one of their starting running backs, Sean Shivers, was out. Eli Stove, one of their better receivers, was out. But I was very impressed with how Georgia handled Anthony Schwartz and Seth Williams. Um, Schwartz, of course, a world-class sprinter, was set to compete at the Olympics this year. And Georgia pretty much held him in check. He got in space, I think, once or twice. But they had DJ Daniel on him for the majority of the game, and Daniel covered him very well. Uh, Seth Williams, too, they had Tyson Campbell on for the majority of the game, which I thought they would. And he had a few great plays against Seth Williams as well. Um, and Georgia's offense definitely looked a lot better. The running game was able to get going. Zamir White had a pretty good game. I liked how they incorporated Kenny McIntosh in there, Kendall Milton a little bit, brought Dejon Edwards in a little bit late. Um, but Kiaris Jackson definitely had a huge game for Georgia too. He, he had over 100 yards, definitely was Stetson Bennett's go-to guy. And, of course, George Pickens is going to have – his fair share of targets as well. So it was definitely a good showing for Georgia. Um, uh, another team, but Georgia did great. Uh, Georgia definitely impressed me. I'm, I'm a tech fan, so I can't stand Georgia, but Georgia definitely does look good. Another team that really did look good this week after coming off from a loss, Arkansas. Yes. I think Arkansas is a team that is going to be slept on. I Georgia, us going watching the first Georgia game, I was, Georgia's not like week one. I think Trey can agree with me. It was like, oh, Georgia does not look like, no, and going in that first half is like not Georgia, at all. Georgia's just not looked that good. And then, little, our defense looked amazing yeah. as always. And then Mississippi, I mean Mississippi State goes in there, beats LSU, just mm-hmm. handles LSU, and then takes a loss to Arkansas. Yeah, so I'm starting to think Arkansas might have a better defense. They got Florida's uh, Felipe Franks. Yeah, they look. I mean, they're a decent little team. I think they're on the uprise. There was some hype like around their, Arkansas. Yeah, I like their coach too because they got our former offensive line coach Sam Pittman at Georgia. He was the one that brought in. I mean, really, everybody from last year's offensive line and all our guys this year, too, were recruited by Sam Pittman and coached by Sam Pittman. And now he's at Arkansas. I, I like him a lot. I always said I wish him the best of luck, except for week one, of course, because I'm a Georgia fan. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Sam, a lot of guys respect and hold Sam Pittman in a very high regard. It's, I mean, ask any of the Georgia offensive linemen that he recruited. They love him. Another SEC team. Yeah, it feels like it's just SEC going on right now. Like only SEC teams, ACC teams. But I think it'll start getting more interesting once like we big, get uh, big everybody's coming in. We get, we get the Big Ten in. Everybody's in. But right, another team that really impressed me, or that I'll say two teams that impressed me. You got three Florida, and you got twenty, or I believe Florida's 12, four now. Florida's four now. Okay, I'm looking last week, but Florida and Tennessee impressed me a lot. 
Florida is putting up – Florida's defense is not impressing me, but their offensive is very impressive, oh, yeah. especially going in. That's why I think – I believe that's going to be the tough – other than Alabama, I think Florida will be the other one Georgia has a tough time with mm-hmm. because of the offense. Mm-hmm. The It'll def- be interesting to see how they match up yeah. against our defense. Though. Defense – I think Georgia puts up a lot of points, but I think that is a high-scoring game possibly unless Georgia can clamp. And Georgia well, that's the thing. Good. Our defense hasn't given up more than 20 points in the past – year except for one game and that was against LSU last year. It's pretty impressive. That was the only time our defense gave up more than 20 points. The only other time we've anyone even got to 20 was when we played South Carolina. We were upset. And it'll be fun watching the Tennessee Georgia game this weekend. That'd be 14 yeah. three matchup. That'd be a good matchup. Tennessee's got the longest win streak in the SEC. Really? Yep. I think I think Georgia beats them that but I hope so. But, Another team I want to highlight is Miami. They're yeah, up to was, number seven. Derek yeah, King transferring from Houston was huge for that team. That's me. Clemson Miami game on Saturday. Yeah, seven thirty-seven versus the one seed. We're gonna find out how real Miami is this week. We're Clemson. Gonna, we're gonna find out how real Clemson is too. We're gonna see if Clemson's still a elite team. I think Clemson's gonna. Trevor Lawrence has gone like thirty-three and one in his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, God damn, like what a kid. I know, uh, and then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a couple ACC games. ATN's Virginia, still there. Virginia Tech at North Carolina. I mean, that'd be a fun one. Florida on the road at AM. That's a definitely a good proving game. But AM looks good, only losing by 20 to Alabama. I still think AM's overrated, but in my opinion, Jimbo Fisher is not the coach everyone thinks he is. Now, how weird is it to see Miami like in the top 25, let alone the top? Once 10? again, yeah. I mean, they used to be a powerhouse in they the early 2000s, be, yeah, and they were supposed to be like every year. Yeah. But, so, but it's, it's definitely been a good turnaround for them. Like I said, De'Aaron King, I mean, he was so underrated at Houston. And now coming to Miami, he's proven his worth. I mean, they absolutely blew out Florida State. I mean, that was an ugly game. Yeah, I mean, if the, again, the Big Ten's not in. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're in the power. I don't know if they have them in top 25. They do. They do. But if it ended right now, I mean, you'd have three SC teams going Alabama, UGA, and Florida. <laughs> That, number that one. is interesting, though, like trying to figure out how you rank someone before they've played against See, I think it's stupid. I think they should have waited until the week they came back. And yeah. even still, like, I think the rankings are dumb right now. Like, honestly, how do you have Ohio State at six? I know they're not playing, which is all the better reason to have them out. Right. But in what universe would Notre Dame be ranked above Ohio State? Right. Like, seriously. It's, it's definitely weird. And, like, as a Georgia fan, Ohio State should be three. We should be four. Right. I say they should have waited until the Big Ten came back to implement them in the rankings because now you've got stagnant teams and then in there with right. active teams. And you know there's me complaining once we get to the college football playoff. Like, oh, this team only played. They only played seven games. They're seven and zero. Oh. They don't deserve to be here. And then you got like SEC team, ACC team that's in there. And they're like they're like eleven and zero, twelve and zero. And they're like, honestly, I could. It's very possible for the SEC champion is, this year to have two losses. Oh, I could see it. Yeah. I mean, in a conference only schedule. I mean, think about it. Like, take Georgia, for example. If they lose to Alabama and Florida, let's say. I mean, that's a two-loss team to Alabama and Florida. They could still get into the playoff at 8-2. True. If they play – if they, they they should oh. beat the rest of the teams so, on their schedule. So, how is that working? Is it just like the top two teams go at it again? And like, It's it's still division by division. I mean, the SEC West faced the SEC East. Oh, okay. wins them. Because ACC is not have, does not have a division. Standpoint. They the top two teams playoff, but I they guess, usually do. Yeah, you're right here. It says that there's an East and a West. So the ACC usually does. They have the coastal. Yeah, they have the coastal. They, I was looking earlier. They the don't. Big Ten is no, it's the Big Twelve that doesn't have divisions. Yeah, because 
ACC is literally just top two teams make it. So right now it'd be Clemson mm. and Miami in the ACC championship. Mm. That's but weird. S- but SEC does. So obviously you're going to have Alabama coming in from one part, and then it's going to be a fight between, I believe. I wouldn't count Auburn out just yet. Yeah, true. And then it's Not like, yet. And, I mean, LSU, I, yeah, I don't think LSU will get in there. But I think you're going to have a dog fight between Tennessee, UGA, and Florida. Yeah. And I did go back and I looked at Bo Nix's uh, first start of this year. And it, it, it was it was all right, but just like the performance against Georgia, like twenty one for 40, 177 yards. That's that's four point four for completion. Yeah, I mean that a pick, no touchdowns. Um, also, and, keep in mind though, this is a one of the top two defenses in the nation. Oh yeah. So I mean, and he did throw three touchdowns against. Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky, yeah. right? But he had, a, he had a good game. I mean, his completion percentage was still a little bit sus, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, Kentucky just lost their uh, running back, so mm-hmm. that'll be a hard hit for them. Smoke or whatever, so broken rib. So I don't know yep. how long he'll be out, but we'll see. But that's all I got for football. Mm-hmm. It's got me that, that. Well, I I just wanted to talk so. about uh, Frank Gore. This is just such a fun Frank story. Frank Gore Jr. And not that Southern Mississippi is ever going to be, you know, in the headlines, but just Frank Gore Jr. He's five eight. He got his first touchdown. He's got over hundred or two hundred yards so far. Mm-hmm. Just uh, his dad's loving it. Um, if it were possible for Frank Gore Jr. to somehow get into the NFL uh, while his dad is still playing, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome, especially if they played together or played against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, got to wait a couple of years though. Yeah. But definitely rooting for that, especially since Frank Gore has looked the exact same for the last, you know, decade. So he doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. But we'll see how it all shapes out. Um. So do you guys want to move to NBA and then what? Yeah, we'll talk about the finals. Trade. I got a, I got a few things to talk about other than just the finals that I wanted to mention. Uh, obviously the finals are good. Lakers up two one right now, which. I think Jimmy Butler just went off last night. He had 40-13-12 and 12, or 40-12-13, and 13, one of the two. Went straight off without Bam Adebayo and uh, Gordon Drogic. So they should be getting Bam back game four. I don't think Gordon will be back, which is not good for them. But to win these finals, Jimmy Butler's going to have to carry, or to at least tie it up. I believe game three was a must-win. Game four is another must-win. And if you can win game four, it's going to flip the endurance base and the well, – not endurance base. It's just going to flip everything. It's going to – but another and one – It's not getting views. This is like – It's not getting views because nobody is watching this. People are thinking it's going to be 4-0. I don't think people were – I think Lakers went up 2-0. But Miami's not out of it. They're not out of it. Duncan Robinson is not going off yet. If Bam gets back – Gordon gets back and they can push it to game five or six. This could be a series. So I mean, yeah, if this if this goes two two, I would imagine if this goes ratings two, two, go up. If this goes two so. two, ratings will skyrocket. Like, we know the NBA is dying, but just like the fact that I mean, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was like sad. Well, I mean, it's the bringing. I mean, it's the same with NFL. I mean, yeah, the NFL and NBA. Ratings are dropping just because you're getting politics. Oh yeah, and people. I mean, people's views. I mean, if you get someone doesn't agree. I mean, plenty of my family members 
or like not watching because of certain views and, and then uh, the kneeling messes with a lot of people i mean and not even that but just like not so long ago we didn't have so much netflix so if you wanted to watch tv and there was sports mm-hmm. on you're probably watching it but just uh it, it's also just people don't want to watch lebron every year yeah but but another one doc river is getting fired from the clippers that was crazy now yeah. joining the 76ers sixers that's a good good pickup for the 76ers Hall of, um, Hall of Fame coach. I'm worried about the Clippers because something something's going on over there. If they're firing Doc Rivers, that team I believe is breaking up. And I believe somebody's getting traded. I don't know if it's gonna be Paul George, it's gonna be Kawhi. I don't I don't know. Something's happening if they're getting rid of Doc Rivers. I agree with that. Or they're just scared that they didn't win it this year, and which is dumb if that's the way they're firing a Hall of Fame coach just because they didn't make it to the Western Conference Finals in their first year of being I mean, they the Clippers came out of nowhere. They just formed a big super team. I mean, look at the Lakers. The Lakers had LeBron. They didn't make the playoffs first year, and now the Lakers are sitting in the finals right now. But I believe if the Clippers would have got with the Lakers. I still have, think the Clippers would have beat them. I think the Nuggets just had a fluke, and just Jamal Murray went off. Mm-hmm. And that that, so. that Paul George trade is just insane. Like I'm pretty sure, like five first round yeah, picks, it's ridiculous, and like a bunch of players, and then additional picks. Yeah, and, and then like it, five years. It definitely seems like they're giving up on that group a little too quickly. And like Avery said, like yeah. getting rid of a coach like Doc Rivers, I mean, that's like that signifies to me, like Avery said, like that's kind of like a panic mode kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're trying to build a team, why would you fire one of the best coaches in the league? Exactly. Like it doesn't make sense to me at all. So I definitely agree with Avery. I would not be surprised if the Clippers started disbanding here soon. Yeah. And I mean, 76ers, if you're a 76ers, you just got to steal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are pumped up right now. If you can pick up one player, I mean, that team's good. I mean, they, I know they got eliminated first round, but I mean, they played what the, the Celtics first round. That is just like a terrible first round matchup for anybody. But another thing I've read that came out today was uh, Chris Paul. So Chris Paul is 36, 37. I think he's 36, 37. He's sitting on the OKC Thunder. Sorry, I've turned around that franchise. And he had a big decision to make. I believe he's making like 50 million. He's like one of the top paid people. And he wants to win a ring, obviously. And he's not going to win a ring in OKC. That's just how it is. So he's just saying now he's in it for just having fun. I mean, he's only got three, four years left, and he's still a credible player. But I, mean, I would love to see Chris Paul get moved. To somebody, mm-hmm. I mean the Knicks. Yeah, not the Knicks. Not the Knicks. Not the Knicks. I would love to see. I, I feel so bad they'd waste his career. Maybe I, Minnesota. I would love. To, yeah, Minnesota is looking good. I mean, they got the first overall pick. I mean, yeah, that, this, that, that would be huge for that team. This draft's going to change a lot of things, but I mean, he has a huge contract. Huge. I, I I think it's the biggest in the whole league. I really do. I know he's making close to fifty, if not fifty, and I believe that's for two more years, but. I don't know. I just want to see Chris Paul win something. He looks good. But other than that, it is just right now, it is the Heat and the Lakers. Who's going to win? But after a couple of weeks after this NBA Finals bubble's over, I believe we'll start getting free agencies. We'll start getting headlines. Oh, blah, blah, going to go here. Crazy, crazy. The drafts will start popping around November 18th. Then so, college basketball is about to start. College basketball is about to start. And before you know, NBA is going to be starting back because I think they only have a two, three-month gap period before it starts. I think it might not even be two, three months. It might be two months. It's pretty know. crazy. I don't know the exact date. But 
it's gonna be interesting. So we will we will see. So all right, guys. So I'm gonna go ahead and talk about the UFC for a little bit. Um, this past weekend was the fight card between Holly Holm and Arena Aldana in the headliner. Didn't get to watch it because I did go to the Georgia game, unfortunately, but um, could definitely provide some updates for you. Um, Holly Holm looked amazing. Uh, she beat Arena Aldana. She won all five rounds, 50-44 uh, on two judges' scorecards, 50-45 on the other. Um, I definitely need to go back and watch that fight, but from everything I saw, Holly Holm looked absolutely phenomenal. Um, Aldana did say after the fight that she was dealing with issues in her left foot. Um, nothing specific on that, but she wasn't able to move the way she wanted to, wasn't able to really use her footwork or her kicks or anything, but still Holly Holm looks a lot of people saying kind of going out on a limb here to say that's the best she's looked since the Ronda Rousey head kick. Um, so definitely a big win for Holly Holm. Also noteworthy in the same division, the division's number one contender, Jermaine Durandamy was victorious as well. Defeated Juliana Pena. If I remember correctly, it was a third round submission. Kind of weird to see Durandamy with a submission win with her kickboxing pedigree, but still very impressive. So it kind of makes you wonder because if Irene Aldana had won, she would be the next contender at Bantamweight likely to challenge Amanda Nunes. But now with Holly Holm and Durandamy both winning, it's like Durandamy was Nunes's um, last defense, I believe. And Holm was either the one before that or the one right after it was one of the two. Um, but but they were the last two to challenge for the title, so it's kind of hard to put one of them back in there with Nunes. I mean, she beat both of them easily. She beat Durandamy with an easy decision, and Holm was a head kick knockout in the first round. So it's definitely interesting to see who's going to be the next to challenge Amanda Nunes at 135 pounds. Of course, she's got a 145-pound defense coming up against Megan Anderson, but still not sure what to do with the 135-pound belt right now. There's just no one there. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe putting Durandamy and Holm together wouldn't be the worst idea and maybe have them fight and the winner, I guess, could get Nunez again. I mean, she beat Holly Holm very definitively. She beat Durandamy twice now, so it's kind of like kind of stagnant there at 135 pounds. But nonetheless, we're going to go ahead and move forward to this week's headline. Um, but before I do, just want to cover a little bit of news. Um, it actually broke today. Kamara Usman and Gilbert Burns, they were in talks to headline um, UFC 256, which would have been December 12th. They are not going to be headlining on December 12th. Usman's dealing with something. He needs a little bit more time to get ready. Not sure exactly what the issue is there, but that is the same night as Amanda Nunes' title defense against Megan Anderson. And from what I'm hearing, the UFC is trying to look for a replacement headliner. Um, interesting point by one of the best journalists in the game, Ariel Hawani today. Um, UFC 256 on December 12th is going to be five years to the day since Conor McGregor's knockout of Jose Aldo. Of course, pure speculation, but Conor's coach did leave a comment, a speechless emoji in the comments about the cancellation of Usman and Burns. So probably just trying to make some noise out there. I honestly don't see McGregor coming back this year. Even next year is looking questionable. But nonetheless, it does have some traction because Conor McGregor was talking about an exhibition match with Dustin Poirier for charity for the same date. It would have been December 12th. And the UFC jumped on it. They offered contracts to both Poirier and McGregor, and Dustin did accept on his end. Dana White said they were waiting on an answer from Conor McGregor by 5 p.m. that day. 
We never heard any news, so we don't know if Connor accepted or if he declined, but it's possible. Also, throwing their hats into the ring was Aljamain Sterling. Of course, he seems to be the top contender at Bantamweight after running through Corey Sanhagen in his last fight, calling out the champion Piotr Jan, asking him what his plans are for the day. Um, Jan and Sterling seem to be the fight to make at 135, so we will see if that gets made. But for now... We just know that UFC 256 is down a headliner with Usman and Burns likely being booked for either January or February of 2021. So we will see what the new headliner will be for that card. The UFC still has a lot of time to book that. Also, this happened earlier um, in the week, but did happen since the last podcast. UFC 255 to be headlined by a flyweight title fight between Davis and Figueredo and the former champ at 135, Cody Garbrandt. Garbrandt is out with a torn bicep. So now it will be Alex Perez, the division's number four contender, stepping in against Davison Figurator for the title. And kind of questionable for me, um, Perez was actually supposed to fight Brandon Moreno that night. And in my opinion, Moreno would have been the more deserving of the shot against Figurator, but they decided to go with Perez. I don't know why. I don't know if there was something wrong with Moreno or if he couldn't accept, if he needed more time. But nonetheless, that is your new headliner for UFC 255, Davison Figueredo now defending against Alex Perez instead of Cody Garbrandt. Of course, the co-main event, a flyweight title fight on the women's side between Valentina Shevchenko and Jennifer Maya. So just lastly, before we wrap this up, want to touch on this week's headliner. It's going to be the UFC Fight Night on Fight Island, the fifth one. And it is going to be headlined by the Bantamweights, the number one contender, Marlon Marais, taking on Corey Sanhagen, coming off the loss to Aljamain Sterling. Marais coming off a controversial win against Jose Aldo. And, of course, before that, did fight Henry Cejudo for the vacant title back then. It did come up short. But definitely going to be an interesting fight. And with Aljamain Sterling seeming to be the next contender at 135, I would anticipate that the winner – of this fight between Marais and Sanhagen is likely going to get the winner of Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling. So definitely an interesting headliner. There's a lot of good prospects on this card as well. Um, the co-main event with a big fight as well. Of course, Edson Barboza, the former top five lightweight, has bumped down to featherweight. He's going to be taking on Mako and Amir Khani, who's been on a, a solid run lately. So definitely an interesting night of fights coming up this Saturday. And it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top between Marais and Sanhagen. Um, Marais, of course, a very heavy kickboxing attack. He's got a black belt, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And with that black belt, we did just see Corey Sanhagen get taken down and subbed very easily by Aljamain Sterling. So we'll see if Marais chooses to keep it standing, um, see if he can get inside the long range of Sanhagen, or if he'll try to close the distance and take him down early and try to kind of repeat the performance that Aljamain Sterling had. That's all I've really got for MMA. If you guys want to talk about anything else, we certainly can. Well, I just wanted to mention that just at this moment, uh, Ryan Hoyer was taken out of the game and Stidham just threw his first career touchdown. Interesting. So, very interesting. Very interesting. Yes. Awesome. Good for him. Um, this game is uh, it's 13-10 Pats in the beginning of the fourth. Or Chiefs, my bad. Uh, but uh, – See how that works. Hopefully, Sidham can uh, can show what he's got. But I think that's going to wrap up the show tonight. Um, unless anyone else has anything else. Uh, but thank you guys for listening and check back in with us again next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>